welcome back to all those who have been traveling and those who have welcomed me back who have been here for a lot of the summer. Am I on? Am I good? Come on down. Yes. It's great to see all your wonderful faces. I feel like um, you have my slides. Are they available? Yeah. I want to answer this question. You know, why are we here in Kuwait? And during this new academic year, if you go to the next slide, um, you know, we think of New Year's as January 1st, but for many of us, for most of us, the, the world revolves around the academic year, right? If you either went to university or you're a teacher or you have kids who go to school, I feel like this is as much, if not more, of a new start than the actual New Year, January 1st, because this is when everyone comes back I know all the teachers travel. I know that many people who have normal jobs, they travel in the summer because Kuwait is very hot in the summer. It's extremely hot, so people try to get out during this time. Many of you have traveled some. I've talked to several of you vacationing somewhere else for the summer holidays. And now we're all coming back, as I mentioned before. This is the time that people start coming back. The weather starts to cool down. Kids start to attend, return to school. Um, you know, work starts to heat up a little bit. So I feel like we should start making our New, new Year's resolution, re resolutions now instead of January 1st. Um, and maybe if those didn't work out already. So now's a good chance to think, what am I resolving to do this next calendar academic year from September? end of August to June. And I was just talking to somebody, you know, why are we in Kuwait? Right? We live in a world that's, that's full of uncertain times. Um, you know, there's, there's huge stress in the world. There's chaos. There's inflation. I was talking to a couple different people about the prices, especially in the U.S., have gone up significantly and probably many other places in the world where things cost twice as much as they did you know, a couple years ago. We're at a time where things are uncertain, and Kuwait might be the place to hide from that, right? There's, there's stress, there's chaos, there's inflation, there's war. It's a tight economic world, and maybe you are here in Kuwait because you lost a job. Maybe you're here because of a new job, a new opportunity. Maybe there's a promise of more money living in Kuwait, cheaper living, opportunities to, you know, be promoted in your work or opportunities for you to have more time with your kids. Maybe this is a great opportunity to travel. I know many people travel from here to other parts in the, in the region. And then also, why are you here in this service today? You're all, you're all here. People come to church for many reasons, especially in Kuwait. Maybe you want to feel good. You know, you church, you know, I want to feel good about myself. I did the right thing. Um, maybe you want to meet new people. This is a great place to meet people. We, have, you know, we, we started late because of talking. We had a big time of talking just now. And then you're going to be more talking and meeting people after the service. This is a great place to meet people. Also meeting people of similar culture, similar language. Sorry, I'm thirsty similar language backgrounds. I've got people that are, are like me or that know me. People want to feel accepted. 
or you know there's there's lots of good family values in church maybe they want to receive care like i'm hurting i need somebody to care for me and pray for me and be with me that's the reason people go to church to, you know, to receive love and acceptance or to learn you want to learn more about the bible but either way it's an exciting time to be in kuwait and i want you to imagine a year from now what are you hoping for right are you hoping for more money are you hoping for better health think of just now we're thinking of august 2024 as you're imagining your life are you imagining are you wanting or you're reaching for more friends for more relationships maybe for more fun there's all these things that we desire in life but i want to orient us to the plans that god has for us god also has a plan and a goal for us in this life here in kuwait in 2024 amen god has a plan for us and his plans are the best plans so god has a wonderful plan in mind for you in kuwait this year and if you have your bibles turn with me to ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, we'll read 1 through 10. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Or disobedience all of us also lived among them at one time ratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that the, in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Plus reading of his word. So, what is God's plan for us? My big idea, God has a wonderful plan for your life in Kuwait this year. God has a great plan. But it may not be the same plan that you have for yourself this year. We all have plans. But it's God's plan that is always fulfilled, as I said when I prayed for Sundeep. Right? Uh, a man plans his steps, it says in Proverbs, but the Lord directs his paths. Amen? So I've got three points today. So first of all, you are not in Kuwait. God's plan is not for you to behave like the wor world. 
God's plan for you is not to behave like the world. And this is what we talked about in the first couple of verses. Paul talked about. It says, we were, before we were Christians, we were spiritually dead. We are, I don't feel dead. I feel pretty alive. But in our spirits, in our souls, in our understanding of God, we were dead. Because of the transgressions and sins that we have committed. These are big words. What do they mean? Sin literally means you're missing the mark. Transgression means you're disobeying. So God has a rule and a plan for our life. And we, by our nature, by who we are, we want to choose our own way. Right? God has a way for us. For us to be happy, to be healthy, to be in tune and part of his kingdom. But we have chosen by our nature and by our choices to say, no, I want it my own way, like the Burger King motto said before. Right? Burger King's motto is, have it your way. This is how we feel about life. I want life my way on my terms only. And this is what the, na the essence and nature of sin is. We're saying, no, I don't want God's way. God's way sounds nice. It sounds interesting. But I'm not interested. I want to do life my way. Because I think I know what's best for me. I know what makes me happy. I'm going to do those things. He says, this is how we work. All of us were like this. And he says in verse 2, you follow, we lived like this world. And like the kingdom of the earth. This is Satan. This is the enemy of God. We lived like the whole world lives for the same things it's always wanted to. Just living for self, living for pleasure, whatever that thing is that you're living for, that's not God. That's how the world has always been. It's not been any different since the beginning. And if I think of my kids, I love my kids. They're great and they're beautiful, but they are sinners. And they don't, they don't hide their sin as well as adults do. When Silas doesn't get what he wants, he screams, he'll hit, he'll take. He'll pout. He'll do whatever he needs to to get what he wants. Because they are slaves to their nature. And as parents, our job, there's many parents, new parents, old parents in this room, is to train them to learn to share, learn to give, learn to love other people. Because at birth, we care about number one, right? And our job as parents is to try to at least pretend that that's not always the case, right? If you've done a good job, you're trying to get them to love other people. And as adults, we're not so different. We're much more subtle, right? I'm much more subtle about the things that I want and need, that I'm much more politically correct about it. I'm um, aware that other people have needs, but I'm often still thinking about my own needs, my own desires, my own wants. We're often living for ourselves. We're using people to get what we want. We've all done this. And this is the world system. The world system exists for itself. It exists for things like power. Right? There's many power structures in this world, in this country. It's about money. Making money. Having money. Because money buys us security. It's about sex, which is pleasure and enjoying yourself. It's about food, which is consuming. It's about entertaining, binge-watching things. 
until your brain is completely numb. This is the world we live in and we have lived in since the beginning. Now, they didn't have Netflix in Paul's time, but they had the Colosseum, where they would entertain themselves with bloody battles. Entertainment has not gone away like, like any of these other things. And Satan's kingdom and the world system is separate from God's way and God's kingdom. And we need to recognize this as believers. And we, and it says that Satan is still trying to conform. It says, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So he's still working. The devil and the world system is still working at those in those working with those who are disobedient to God. We live in a world that is not submitted to Jesus, that's, uh, that's opposed to Jesus, that's opposed to God. And it says we all live like this. So unlike what your passport or your civil ID might say, no one is born a Christian. Your parents might have been Christians, and maybe that says it on your car, but no one is born this way. We are born separate from God, apart from God, living like these first several verses, living our own way. Even if we were raised in a Christian home, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents taught me the Bible. They taught me how to live the right way, but in my heart, I did not care about those things. I cared about me. So we were all like this. We were living like the animals. Slaves to our cravings and desires. Right? Because it says, the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So we don't say no to our desires. We want something, we, we take it. Or we are patient, but we get it over time. We let our desires rule us like the animals who are slaves to their instincts. We are often like this. And we were like this before we were Christians. We don't say no. We live for, we have lived, and many of us even as Christians maybe still live for these things like food or money or sex or power or entertainment or comfort. Because of this lifestyle that we're talking, that we've all done, it says we deserve God's wrath, which is his punishment for sin. Now, if you are not a believer, there's many people in this room, if you do not know Jesus, you, you have no other choice but to live this way. But this is the way of death, God says. This is the way of death. This will lead you to spiritual death and ultimate death apart from his kingdom in hell forever if you live your life this way. So you need to believe and repent. If you don't know that Jesus is the Lord of your life and of your heart, you don't know what he did for you, please see me after the service and we'll talk more about it. Otherwise, you are living under God's judgment, which is now and eternal. For those who are believers, many of us are Christians here because I know you, you don't need to live this way anymore. You are not in Kuwait just to make money. Now, I know that many of us have come for this purpose. Many, many people I've talked to, I've been here for 15 years. Why do they come here? Well, they, they're going to say, because I love money. They'll say, uh, I have financial goals, right? We use good language to explain what we want. Many people have come here for money. Now, 
money is not the reason God brought you here. Now, you may make money here, and that's good, and that's a blessing. Money in itself is not a bad thing. But if you think the only reason you are here is to make money, you are not living according to God's word. I heard one pastor say, people either use people to get money, or they use money to love people. You either use money to love people, or you use people to love money. Think about that for a minute. Which one are you? Are you using the money God's given you to love people, to love your family, to love your friends, to love people in this world, in this country? We're also not here to numb ourselves with partying, entertainment. I know it happens here. I've been here because I've been here plenty of time. It's a dry country, but I've seen many people partying. I've seen many people watching hours and hours of TV. And many people seek acceptance by living like the world. If, if, if I can live and have that kind of fun that people are having, maybe people will accept me. Right? We all want to be accepted, but we all seek it in the wrong ways. Or we're living for right now. Or, as I said in college with my friends, living for the weekend. How many of us are living for Thursday afternoon? Living your life that way. You just try to, try to survive Sunday through Thursday, and then you have Friday, Saturday. Are we living for the weekend, just living for ourselves, our time? Even work can't satisfy. Work is a good thing. Work is a biblical thing. But work will not meet all your needs for acceptance and love and joy. Because jobs eventually end. You know, I've heard people say, you know, you will have, before your obituary comes out when you die, there will be a job posting for your position. You are not essential. And many of you have good jobs and those jobs appreciate and value you. But that will not give you what you basically need. As part of, as part of living, as working and working for the Lord, and working for the kingdom, and working for your boss. But that cannot ultimately satisfy either. And if we live for these things, these, this way of the world, it won't satisfy. So we are not to live in Kuwait. God did not call us to Kuwait in 2023 to live like the world, to live for money, sex, food, pleasure, comfort, work. So why are, what, what is God's plan for us? We are in, my point, second point is that we are in Kuwait. God's plan for us in Kuwait is to receive God's love. To receive God's love. <clears throat> God, ladies and gentlemen, he loves you. He has a plan for your life. It says, because of his great love for us, he loves you and me greatly. Like a father loves his kids. I will do anything for my children. I have sacrificed already so much. And I am glad to sacrifice so much more for them. I don't like to play with dinosaurs personally. But I spend hours doing that. I don't like to always wrestle my kids. But they love it, so I spend a lot of time doing it. My kids go to a private school. It's expensive. I'm happy to do that because I care about their needs more than I care about my own needs. 
And I'm an okay dad. But even I get exhausted after a while. But God is not like that. God's love for you is constant. It's consistent. He cares about you more than your own father. And if you never had a good dad, he is a father to the fatherless, the word says. He loves you because of his great love for us. He gave mercy. He had mercy on us. He sees us wandering off the path, wandering towards these things of the world, the world system and its desires, knowing that it can't satisfy us, knowing that it leads us to destruction, knowing that it leads us to death. He says, no, I'm going to have mercy on you anyway. We deserve his wrath, his judgment, but what do we get? We get his love. We get his kindness. And it says in verse 5 that we were made alive we were dead in our sins, but he resurrected us. He brought us back. When we had no spiritual understanding, God gave us spiritual understanding. And he says, not because of what we've done. It's not because of what we've done. We don't clean up and get right and come to God. No, it says, even while you were in that, God grabs us. You are believing. He grabbed you and said, you are my son. You will turn this way now. So he resurrected us while we were still living against them. It is not the things that we do that save us. It's his love. How? How is that possible? Well, it's, it's through the gospel. Gospel in, in, in Greek means good news. And it's the good news of what Jesus did for you and for me. He lived. God himself became a man. Lived among us. The God-man. Never sinned, lived a perfect life, never did anything wrong in his deeds, in his thoughts, in his motives. All perfect. In spite of the world that he lived in, like the world that we live in, that is diametrically opposed to that, and he had plenty of opposition, excuse me. <clears throat> he had plenty of opposition in his life. So he lived a perfect life. And then he, in our place, he wanted to become our substitute for the sins that we committed. He died on a cross not because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but because he took the punishment that we deserve. It says, we were by nature deserving of wrath. This is all of us. We deserve God's judgment because we've all lived this way, the way of the world. But God took that punishment through, Jesus took that punishment on himself and bore the punishment. He took it as a substitute. Just like you have a substitute teacher who does what the teachers, the main teacher is supposed to do, he was a substitute in our place on the cross. He took the punishment for our sins. And then, all the, the punishment of God was poured out and he died from that. And on the third day, he rose again showing that the punishment was accepted by God and that he can defeat death and also giving us the hope of defeating death one day. That's what it says. You know, his, in verse 6, his resurrection is now our resurrection. His life is now our life. Right? He was raised. We are raised up with them. 
His life of perfect obedience to God becomes our life of obedience to God. And we get to share His glory, it says, in the coming ages. Ages is the Greek word for eons, literally. Right? For eons and eons, for, for millions of years, both now and in eternity, we get to experience God's love. Right? The incomparable riches. This is the same word for money. Right? But it's God's money. It's God's kindness. The riches that God has for us is greater than any riches this world can offer. Any money, any pleasure. God has something so much better. You can't even compare the two, Paul is saying. It's beyond all that we can imagine. And many of us, if you are a believer, you know what this feels like. When God is with you, when God is for you, even when your circumstances are not great. When you feel God's presence and his love and his power in your life, you know that nothing in this world can compare to it. So we're here to receive God's love. And all of those things that the world seeks for acceptance, love, and happiness, they can't satisfy, as I've said. But the love of Jesus, the love of God, and what he's done in our lives, and what he's going to continue to do, and what he will do, they satisfy, and they fill in a way that the world never can. I've experienced many of those enjoyable things in this world. You know, they leave you feeling more empty. When I experience God's joy and his love, it's so much better. The riches of Christ are better than the riches of this world. The love and acceptance of God is better than the love and acceptance we seek through power, through food, through sex, through pleasure, through comfort. It is better in every way because we feel filled when we receive the love of God because God accepts us unconditionally. The world has plenty of conditions by which you're, you're loved by. If you don't meet them all, it's a hard life to try to meet the world's accept, uh, acceptance. But God loves you when you've had your best day and when you've had your worst day. Amen? So if you are saved, we are in Kuwait to be recipients of God's love. This is, why, this is one of the main reasons we come to church, to get reminded that, you know, God is here. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. That's why we sing songs to God, to honor him. Because we're singing in, in songs that sing about God's love. Jesus is the answer, right? Now, this is... <clears throat> Not always as easy to receive and understand the acceptance of God because God is not as visible in some ways as the world. But church helps us to we're with people that have the same values that say, you know what, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves me. And when you're talking to each other, I would I would ask you to consider those people that you're talking to, showing them in any way you can that God loves them. And we dig into this love by reading his word. His word is the clearest way that he speaks to his people. By spending time in prayer, talking to God, even though God knows everything, he hears every word we pray to him. And fellowshipping with others. So we're here to receive, God's plan for us is to receive God's love. My third point is that God's plan for us is to walk in good works by grace. <clears throat> In verse 8, he reiterates that it's not what we have done. 
right? God's grace. My son was, was watching me work. He's like, what does grace mean? Well, it means it's something we don't deserve it, but he gives it to us anyway. That's what grace is. It's undeserved love and favor. We don't earn it. We can't earn it, right? It says the only work we do is faith, excuse me, <clears throat> is faith, which is belief in Jesus as Lord, Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, King. And even that faith, it says, is a gift from God. So we don't participate in any way. He loves us unconditionally. All we do is believe, and he gives us the gift of faith to believe. Right? If I, because I'm, I'm a Christian, because God put a desire to turn to him from my own way. That's why there's no boasting. It's not what I've done. I'm not a Christian because I'm preaching the word. I'm a Christian because God loved me unconditionally. He cares for me, even though I was walking away from him too. Many of us want to be deserving, which is hard because many of us want to be deserving by what we do. We think, and I think that I just, this is my problem. I think if I change and I work hard enough, I will be accepted in love. But this is not what God is saying. It's not what you do. God loves you for who you are. God says you cannot earn it. And in verse 10, he says, we are God's work. Like the potter in the clay, we are his image, right? We are God's handiwork, like the potter in the clay. He is molding us into what he has for us. And we are created and saved not just to enjoy God's love, which we do that first, but also to walk in these good works. And this is not something we force ourselves to do, but God puts the good works in front of us. And he enables and he empowers and he prompts us to do these works. We don't have to force ourselves. If you are in, you are here in Kuwait in 2023, and we are to do the works that he has for us in this place. Good works for us. What good works means? It means doing things that honor God, that put God first. You have places of employment where you all work and people you work with. How can you point people to God in those situations? Our job is to be on the lookout for where, what God is already doing. God is moving in this world. He is working, it says in the book of John, to bring his people to him. Our job is to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to our hearts. Like, is God moving in this person? Should I go up and talk to him or her? Because God has a plan for us. He says to walk in the good works. He's already got planned out for us. And as we listen to those opportunities, how can I be a part of what God is already doing? Look for these opportunities to do the works he's called us to do and has empowered us and enabled us to do. This is what God has for you in Kuwait. Yes, we make money. We do our jobs. But that is not the reason we are here. We are here to seek opportunities to bless others, to love others, to show Jesus to others, to show kindness to others, so that this whole land can be transformed transformed into a place that loves Jesus. And that can happen. That's easily, that is happening. We've already, it's, God is already working in Kuwait, and we're just joining him in his work. Because he wants to see Kuwait be in obedience to Jesus Christ. Amen? So in conclusion, we are not, and Lord, you can come up. We are not here for money, for partying, for binging, for living for the weekend, for acceptance through work. 
We are here to receive God's grace and love that we get through Jesus. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And we cultivate that. We grow that by fellowshipping with others, by reading his word on a regular basis, by um, praying to him. You know, if you ever, I'll talk more about this later, but I actually recently been using the Bible app and it has a verse of the day. And it has several questions in a little video. If you've never had a daily um, reading of the Bible and praying, it's a great way to get started. You go to the Bible app, and you just do it first thing in the morning or right before bed. It, it gives you a verse. It explains the verse. It talks about it. You pray through it. It's an excellent way to get started. If you are not sure how do you develop it, go to the Bible app. It'll have verse of the day at the very top. And that's how we receive God's love, by cultivating these things. And we also exist to do good to the people around us. I said in the beginning, to imagine a year from now. Imagine a year from now if we listen to God and the good works he's had set out for us this year, and we fulfilled them, and we listened to what God was doing. And we spoke into people's lives, and we loved them, and we shared with them. Imagine how large this church would be, how large all the other churches would be. Imagine how this world around you could be transformed in one year for this kingdom. What kind of difference could that make in this land, in this country, in this church? So I want you to be excited about the new year. This is a new academic year. You get to do, almost like I have to start over again. Be excited about your church. Be excited about the good works that God has planned for you. You don't need to force them. God will, will show you. If you're listening to God, he will show you what he wants you to do. Serving and serving the church is part of that. You know, I mentioned before about the announcements. Serving in these areas, this will connect you in a greater relationship with the Lord as you serve him through some of these ministry areas. And if you're not sure what your spiritual gifts are, you can get engaged with some of these and, and see where your gifts are. God will lead you. I'm going to ask you to pray about some of those areas to serve in the church. If you feel called, listen to God. I want. I would, I would be incredibly blessed if everyone did something for this church. It doesn't have to be big. A lot of it's behind the scenes. Also consider, consider serving one of these ministries, and also consider the fall kickoff in a couple weeks we're going to have on September 8th. Like I said, there's going to be gift cards, food, um, fun and games, well, balloon arches, right? This is a great chance to invite people. I know there are people on your mind and your heart that you're thinking of when you're thinking of loving people, showing God's love to them. We will have, next, starting next week, we will have the flyers that we've had before. We will also have um, business cards, which our church, if you just want to throw them under people's apartment door, you can do that, which will have our location of our church, how to connect with us, when and where we meet. Also, we have the, we'll have the flyers where you can put them on your apartment building, um, cork boards, whatever you have in your lobby. Just a way to, to show that the church is here in Kuwait. And many people, like myself, when I came 15 years ago, I did not even know there was a church until somebody invited me. So there's, think about all the people here who love Jesus but are not sure about a church. We can be part of that. 
And those will be out next week as we get ready for the fall kickoff. Invite people. You are all have spheres of influence where you're engaging with the world. How can you share Jesus? How can you share our church? I will share the gospel. Like I try to do every week, but especially on that day on the fall kickoff. So maybe we'll come, we will come and believe and be saved. Or people will come and be renewed with their connection with God. This can make an eternal impact on someone. So let's get excited about this opportunity. And let's pray and stand up on our feet and we sing one final song. God, I thank you so much for all my friends here that were able to come back for another academic year in Kuwait. I pray that we would first receive, it would no longer live like the world lives for, and that we would receive your love. I pray that people received your love this morning and they would continue to receive it throughout this week and this year. And I pray that you would empower me, empower us to walk in the works that you have for us. Be with us, Jesus. We need you. And empower us to reach the people in our spheres of influence, in our communities, so that we can make Kuwait a place where you are honored and loved and worshipped. And we just ask for these things in your great name, King Jesus. Amen. We'll sing one final song and I'll give you the benediction.